Yo. Yeah, ne, I, I, I don't know. I mean, this is a very difficult one here because, um, you know, uh, we're told that we must respect the WHO and what comes out of uh, the WHO. And I think Dr. Michael Ryan makes a very compelling argument, saying, as now this is a W in his strong and then on the one hand, you know, we say, let's reopen the schools and uh, let's go back uh, to uh, um, but I guess the, the other issue, and uh, certainly some people have raised this as well, is that if you close down the schools, you also have uh, to really deal with the ramifications of that. Uh, because many of the parents who are working people in the economy, with the economy being reopened in the fashion that it has been, uh, will have to stay at home in some cases. And uh, I guess, um, you know, that then places into the spotlight the decision to reopen more and more sectors of the economy as we near the peak of infections of this disease and uh, even the decision to have 100% occupancy in many of our minibus taxis and assume that I mean, if, if I'm in Calvinia and go minus five, I'm expected to open the window. Oh, not a chance. Not a chance of that happening. But uh, you might have a different perspective on this. Uh, do share with us uh, that. Give us a ring, 089-110-3377. And now well, one entity that only shares the sentiment uh, of the World Health Organization is the Democratic Teachers Union, uh, Satu, uh, who are earlier on today, uh, the NEC calling for the government to close schools countrywide until the pandemic has reached and uh, gone beyond its peak. Now, the call was made following a special meeting of the NEC to discuss the spread of COVID-19 at schools affecting pupils and teachers alike. And I'm joined by the General Secretary of Satu Mugwena Maluleka. GS, good evening to you and welcome. Good evening, Putsebonga, uh, and good evening to your uh, listeners. Uh, let's really thank you for the time. We really appreciate it. Yeah. GS, I mean, I mean, a lot of people, uh, you know, would say this really, I guess, breaks ranks, goes against uh, uh, some of the positions and decisions that have been taken by our government. And we'd assume that uh, as a, a very important stakeholder and interested party that uh, you would also have been sort of brought into the confidence of the government uh, behind the reasons uh, behind why schools have been opened. And I guess the, the potential transmission risk of many young people. Uh, who go into our schools. What about what the government has said about the reopening of schools do you as the Democratic Teachers Union disagree with? And uh, that is, I guess, prompted this decision by uh, your National Executive Committee. Thanks for, for having us and thanks for the question. Uh, indeed, uh, the National Executive Committee from the beginning um, of the debate, um, we had gone out of our way uh, to engage the scientists to understand the phenomenon. And on the basis of that particular understanding, when the department uh, then took a decision that the schools have got to reopen, we started engaging them. We wanted to understand the science behind it. Um, and, and clearly, I can remind our people in the country that we've called for the department to be open with us. Hence, we came with the 14th. Um, um, uh, 14 non-negotiables in ensuring that we follow exactly what the WHO had recommended from the beginning. Uh, they had made it very clear from the beginning that uh, you only um, reopen the schools when uh, you have been able to suppress the um, community transmission. But critical for the school was that when you have got preventative measures in place so that you are then able to have the third leg of that of making sure that you are able to trace and track uh, the contact. Um, and, and, and informed by that, uh, we then agreed with the department that they can phase in 
fewer learners being the grade 12 and the grade 7 uh, so that the system is not clogged, the system is not overburdened so that we are then able to understand very well that uh, the infrastructure in our country was also not in favour um, of a, 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 a huge number of learners in the schools given that the schools do not have water, they did have hope, uh, ablution facilities. So yeah, um, we have been are always uh, um, very careful and we have always been saying we cautiously um, welcome the reports that the department was giving us about the fact mm. that this is what they've done and this is what they've done and so forth. And after the pronouncement, what was surprisingly would be that two, three provinces uh, would then deviate from what the minister had pronounced. And we've always been saying to the minister, is there somebody trying to um, throw you under the bus or are you uh, intimidating this? Why is it that they give you something that is not on the ground, that is not factual? When we give mm-hmm. you our surveys, why are you not taking our surveys and so forth? Who, who are these yeah. people? Who, who are some of these we people? Were, we, we were saying <laughs> these people we were talking <laughs> the provinces. We were referring to the provinces. Because you can't have a province of the Eastern Cape or Pumalanga or Limpopo that goes to a meeting agree with the minister 100% that no, no, we are ready, we can take so many learners. Then the following day, there is a circular from the same province that says we cannot be able to. So we're asking ourselves what is really happening here? Um, um, is, is, the, is the tail waking the dog or is the other way around? Um, mm. And are our children going to be testing the waters that the minister said that we are going to test the waters and we are against that kind of a statement because we're talking human beings here we're talking young people who has got a long life ahead of themselves and they have to realize their potential and uh, when you're testing the waters with the, uh, mm. the lives of the children that cannot be accepted yeah let's talk about some of your members uh, uh, and uh, i guess uh, their safety or lack thereof uh, in the workplace, you, you, you've said that, I guess, already on the basis of uh, some of your own experience and that of your members on the ground, that uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, I guess, as standard operating procedures and the occupational health and safety of your members, and I guess the work of the Department of Health isn't adequate <coughs> enough uh, to stem the uh, spread of the infections. On what basis do you make that decision? Yeah? Look, it's informed by the data that we receive uh, from our members. Um, that that um, has been very frustrating. I mean, you wake up in the morning, it's 7 o'clock, you already receive a call um, that says the principal here wants us to go into the school. The school, we have been able to have two cases that have tested positive. The school has not been decontaminated. The standard operating procedure says the school has got to be contaminated. And who has to do that? Is the Department mm-hmm. of Health that must do the risk management and recommend that this must happen. So I think from the beginning, the department was fully aware that once uh, people buy in uh, into this particular idea of reopening of the schools, they will leave everybody and be happy that they have reopened the school. So mm-hmm. yes, our teachers are frustrated because they call us every time and say, look, we hear, we suspect that there is a case because uh, two teachers are not at school, but the principal is hiding it. And I was in contact with this particular teacher. And in no time, that teacher who called you, you receive a video, has passed on. Just yesterday, one of the mm-hmm. teachers was just saying to the learners in the class, look, I'm not feeling well. I'll see you tomorrow. And they just joked and said, maybe you shouldn't be suffering from corona. And they laughed. 
and the teacher left the classroom uh, in, in, in Northwest just yesterday, and today he passed on. Mm-hmm. That's the experience maybe, that our teachers yeah, have. Yeah, I mean, I mean, GS, I guess my next question is maybe a loaded one, but it's trying to make sense of why, in light of your experience and, and, and the data that is coming to you from your members, why, uh, I guess, the government would arrive at a different decision. I mean, uh, uh, do you get a sense that this is because there are certain institutions, it might be the Model C ones or even those in the private sector, uh, who have expressed some readiness and the adequacy of their own systems, and on the basis of that, I guess there is some pressure for that, uh, for learning in those institutions to continue. Uh, do you think that is the case, that uh, a large part of this push to say everything is ready, we're all systems ready and everything is good to go, comes from the more well-resourced institutions, uh, therefore adversely affecting many of those who haven't had the deep cleans, who haven't been able to, to get the you know, same kind of response from, from our authorities to make sure that those places are safe? Yes, the decisions that have been taken by the department, almost all of them have been informed by the readiness from the world of schools, um, um, that when those particular schools are ready, uh, then everybody's ready. And the argument that has always been made is that uh, if they are ready and if we don't open, uh, we are going to leave the other learners behind. Therefore, the issue of inequality will then be um, uh, be raised and, and, and clearly politicized. But the issue here is that what are you doing to ensure that those that are uh, are not having the resources do have the resources and don't risk them because of your decision is based on a a a, a measurement um, that um, you are not going to be able uh, to reach when you look at the school in Soweto or a school in Winterfeld. Um, a school that has got no window panes, a school that has got no water, and therefore you believe that it can be the same as a school in Rambat. It can't. So we have always been saying the problem of readiness is not based on the the poor. It's not based on the, the those who have the least. It has always been based on those who have got more. And because they push and pressurize the government, then they will take you to court if this is what you're going to do because we want more learners. We want more grades to come back. And hence, the regulations that have been passed by the minister uh, has allowed that particular deviation to say if the minister says two grades uh, in high school and two grades in the primary school, then it has allowed a deviation to say the schools that are well off can have got more learners uh, in their school. So, yes. The decisions are not based on uh, the, those who are, have the least, but it's also based by those who have got more uh, resources to be able to comply. Sorry for that. And uh, I, I guess it seems, GS, that uh, the, the doors of learning shall be open for some. Uh, and uh, if indeed, you know, uh, I guess the status quo continues uh, and uh, the reopening of certain grades and learning continues in many of those institutions that can continue to undertake that learning, what are you going to do? Uh, I mean, what are you going to do in some of the institutions where your members working with under-resourced uh, environments, no PPE, no tracing teams, no deep cleans happening, uh, effectively placing them at risk? Well, what are you going to do? Hence, we have taken a decision to um, consult with the other unions so, so that we speak in one voice. And uh, we also have taken a decision to consult the SGBs and more parents um, to say to them, for the sake of our children and for the sake of our workers who are in the schools, we have got to suspend the classes. That would then give us enough time to be able to address those particular issues um, of lack of uh, necessary equipment for them to be protected. 
the standard operating procedures is amended uh, to take into account uh, the conditions that uh, most of the schools um, are experiencing, but also the reality of the communities that we are saving has got to be attended to because mm-hmm. you cannot continue to have uh, a standard pro- uh, standard operating procedures that is informed by the rich uh, because at the end of the day, it is that working class child that we have got to provide the resources to be able to compete in the uh, labor market with any other child who comes from a well-off family. So it is that reason um, uh, that has pushed us at the end of the day to agree that the schools must reopen because we had known if they don't reopen, those who are well-off will proceed with education. And uh, and we were always going to be monitoring. And I mean, it is, it's not right that the government takes a hardline position about issues that were supposed to be flexible. Data tells you the community infection is increasing on a daily basis. So you've got to be flexible. Rich countries, poor countries, they always adopt a flexible approach because they know we have got a huge traffic. So the volume that we present as educators is intensive. And therefore, if we start having the schools as epidemiological pumps, we're not going to be able to control the spread because we're bringing 13 million at the time. We're bringing 400,000 at the time and so forth. So you can imagine. So if we want to help the Department of Health to be able to manage um, the backlog that they have, the pressure that they have, we need to stand in solidarity with the nurses uh, and everybody within the health uh, healthcare so that they are then able to stabilize their situation by making sure that we do what we can do best through whatever limited resources we have to ensure that the learners are home, but we are able to continue with learning at home. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Always a pleasure catching up with you, Nakenta. Nakenta. Thank you very much. Uh, that there was the General Secretary of uh, the Democratic Teachers Union, South African Democratic Teachers Union, Satu, uh, Mugwena Malulek, is speaking to us uh, this evening. What do you make of that as a parent, as a teacher, uh, or as uh, somebody? Uh, you drive, is Gola Transport, and uh, uh, those kind of platforms. What would it mean for you? Uh, to, uh, I guess, uh, do what the World Health Organization is suggesting, which is to not reopen these schools, Spinders uh, Valwe, until we have uh, waded through the peak of this infection, uh, or of this uh, COVID-19 virus, and uh, I guess the peak of infections. Uh, the conversation continues. Uh, 9 p.m. is the time. We're going to have to leave it here. Always a pleasure. And a big thank you to you all. Keep safe. And keep warm on this very cold evening. Take strength, my Africa. Kubana ngoko, sisaibanga, le economy.